seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. crowd. Buy me some peanuts and hopeless show. Uh, welcome to the episode, Rowit. Welcome. You threw me for uh, for a curve. You threw a curve right there, huh? I threw a curve, which is exactly why this is the theme. What we don't realize: baseball is starting. It's opening weekend. And what we don't realize, I think, and this is why it's the theme of the episode, is how much baseball is ingrained into our society. And you just said that. Think about what you just said. You just said, you just threw me a curveball. We don't even think that that's a baseball term, but it is. There's just so much in our society that is ingrained. Uh, even the big, there's a big law, obviously, in uh, in our country about the three strikes and your outlaw. That's a baseball term. Yeah. Like have, they have took you, a baseball term and made it about criminals. Have you ever heard about uh, like when people are like, you know, about to hook up and someone gets curved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the, for the listeners out there, it's like when someone goes to kiss somebody else and the other person just like whoops and pulls out of the way, that's called it's giving the cheek, giving yeah. the cheek. Yeah. And they just like, so you don't want to get curved. You don't um, want to get curved. And we're going to bring all of the, all of the topics that we talk about. And we have a deep, deep, deep episode today. Uh, we're going to bring it all back to something baseball related. We're going to be talking about Canada, Disney princesses. We're going to update you on some of the interviews to come, some serious hopeless TV, even the Grammys, you you name it. We're going to cover it and a couple personal stories. It's going to be fun. We have been getting a lot of great responses lately from from listeners too about about the show. And, and more than that, we've just been getting a lot of hate about ourselves and critiques which is even more fun and so valid. we might even bring that up what's that and valid and valid yeah. and valid so i know you have some news from the bomb shelter quarantine daily dearth of existence yeah and this was going to be a hopeless topic in the past but now it's kind of resolved itself but this uh i wanted to talk to you about the vomit comet aaron are you familiar with the vomit comet i i don't know i thought that was just a college term no no it's um it's not an actual comet, um, but it's an airplane that is able to, that astronauts do their uh, weightless testing on. Um, essentially, you got this big ass jumbo jet that's like all cleared out, it's all hollowed out, and you have these astronauts, and astronauts in training rather, and you stay, this plane, it's called a parabolic flight pattern, it goes straight up into the air and then it dives. And sorry, I just hit the mic and it dies. And as, as it's at the apex, everyone inside the cabin is floating because of physics. Ooh. So you get like about 30 seconds of weightlessness, then it plummets and then it goes back up and it does that. And so total, like you'll be in the air for an hour, but you're going to get like, you know, a lot of flight this time to like float around. Um, I actually, when I was at South by Southwest, 
Um, I went to a really cool panel held by MIT and they're kind of like leading some space force talking about architecture and space, how they're building space stations. And they were going to pick um, someone from the audience to go join them on with the astronauts, go join them on a vomit comet uh, flight. And when this was a topic last week that we ran out of time, I was actually, they reached out to me um, and to ask for some information. And Whoa. yeah. However, I found out uh, last week or a few days ago that I was not, even though I was in one of the finalists, I was not selected. No. Oh. I uh, know. But the hope, so I was, and when I originally wanted to talk about it, it was like, hey, this is a possible hope. But the hopelessness was, which I guess there was hope, it would have been the same weekend as Just Like Heaven Fest, which. Oh. Yeah. So that, you know, a lot of great bands, a lot of fun things. So now I. I guess the hope I have there is yes, while I'm missing a once in a lifetime opportunity um, and it would have been super cool and very few people in existence get to do that. Yeah. I'm very excited to go to a very exciting festival. That gives me tons of hope because while your experience would have been interesting to hear about, I wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And so <laughs> I would have just been jealous and secretly I would have been really upset and I would have, because it wouldn't have been about me. And so I'm really glad that your misfortune leads to my fortune. Yeah, thank you. That's very that 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 <laughs> that, that makes me feel really good. But yeah, so I've been pretty bummed out about it. But I think it's going to be the most amazing time, and the 21st of May is going to be lit. I uh, was just about to put that in my calendar because oh, it's in my calendar yeah. because I I forgot yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that was happening. I mean, we bought we tickets will... a year ago. Yeah, we will get to that later because we have a lot of time still yep. till that happens. But we will be talking about that. And I'm so, I, all joking aside, I'm sorry that that didn't happen. It would have been so cool to hear about it and to hear about you going to space and then vomiting all over people. Yeah. Oh, I do have hope for you, actually. Yes. Uh, there is a ride at Disney World that... I think gets you the closest to doing what you're talking about. It does make you almost want to vomit and you should get there sometime because it's called mission space. And it really gives you the sense of floating. And I don't know exactly how they do it. It's some sort of centrifugal force thing, but it's a really crazy ride and you really do afterwards feel slightly sick, but you also feel that a bit of a sense of, whoa, I went so like I I just, my body just experienced something. Where is this at? It's at Epcot Center. Oh, okay. Okay. It's really, really cool. Like, it came out a while ago, so I think some of the visuals are maybe a little dated, but the feeling of, like, of that slight feeling of floating, that how they do it, is pretty remarkable. You get that sense, like, whoa, I'm, like, landing on, I think, Mars? Or the moon or something. You go somewhere. That's amazing. And you land. See, I want to so, take a trip to Orlando to do things like that, to do the actual Star Wars world, because I have not been to Disney since they opened Star Wars World. Uh, and um, and then even go to like the big-ass Harry Potter land um, down there. Oh, yeah, there. that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Um, or go to Disneyland here. Disneyland here is fun. They just don't have that mission space thing, but they have the Star Wars land. Well... Um, here, we'll, we're going to move on with the show instead of yeah. tell you all about our plans. And go into topic one because we have we have a lot to get to today. And or should we just talk about potential plans? Like let's try to pick a date for going to Disneyland. 
Yeah, you know what? I feel like our audience might not be interested in that. Also, they might come and, uh, uh, you know, if they want to hang out, we can, we'll let you know at a later date when we figure it out. But let's move on to the oh, first Oh, appearances. Topic. We're going to have our first appearance. Yes. Oh, my God. We'll sign, we'll sign like, your shirts and, like, your boobs or whatever. We'll do a we'll sign. Every, we'll sign everything. Um, everything. You, sh- you just got to bring your own Sharpie. Um, <laughs> so topic one. Yes. I don't know where you're going here. Yes. But I'm so, sure it's going to be hopeless. Yeah, I'm kind of hopeless because um, our neighbors to the north, uh, their top librarian, the person that heads up their, I guess, their library system, um, her name is, I don't remember her name. It's, it's lost in this article somewhere. But anyway, so it was uh, formally announced that they are, Canada is wiping their historical archives. They're deleting content. They're deleting history. They are removing anything that they deem is offensive because they're concerned about Canadian citizens being offended by historical content that has been kept on in the digital archives in the Canadian library system. They've already uh, removed anything um, that has mentions, uses outdated terminology for indigenous people, even if it's a little historical book that might refer to them in, you know, the indigenous people in, in you know, with, with, you know, outdated terms. Um, it's deleted the, uh, it's purged uh, the biographies of five prime ministers that they've had. It's removing anything that it feels sets Canada in a negative light and is deemed offensive to today's sensibilities. Uh, and this is authorized right. by Mr. Justin Trudeau. Well, help us I find a little, hope. I have a little insight into this as a half Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, the joke growing up was, because I, I go to Toronto at least once a year, twice a year, my whole life, except I haven't been in a while because of COVID. But here's the thing. Canada, the joke is, has always been that they're six months behind the U.S. So every trend in the U.S., six months later it picks up in Canada, except for some musical acts that started big there first and things like that. But overall, that's the joke. Like, oh, the trend in the U.S., six months later, it's going to be the thing. It's going to hit Canada. Unfortunately, I think, and then and then it sometimes gets overblown in Canada is like bigger than it should be. In in this case, that's definitely happening. Uh, the ultra woke movement here. Now Canada's picking up on it. They're doing it because it's the thing that's happening in parts of the U.S. and they're going too far. So here's the problem with that and the hope. The problem is it's ridiculous. You, you, you don't need to, I, I can't stress this enough. We don't as a society need to honor or build up or put statues for people who were bad, for people who were racist, for people who were uh, discriminatory against others. We don't want to honor them. We don't need to honor them. We shouldn't honor them, but we can't forget the Holocaust's uh, phrase, the the famous, or and nine eleven, right? Nine eleven, the Holocaust. It's never forget. Mm-hmm. That means do not, as a society, hide it from people so they forget, so they don't realize what's going on. But also, don't put it up on some pedestal like was happening still with some statues of Confederates and stuff that 
needed to be removed and put into a museum so you remember what happened so you don't repeat, but you also don't abolish it as though it never happened. Yep. And what's the good, the hope is Canada, I think the U.S. will over, well, it's overcorrected and it'll come back to some sort of new norm because people get sick of it. Look at COVID um, as a perfect example. They, their COVID is a perfect example. Canada was handled it way better than the U.S. for a while and was sort of like it was like, oh, I wish I lived in Canada because of the how they handled the pandemic. Then they caught up and started overcorrecting and becoming way too cautious about it all, closing things down way longer than they needed to. A couple cases and everyone freaked out and it became too much. And now they're finally coming back to where we have been for a while now and are they're they're catching back up. It's like they're just a little bit behind. And I think this overcorrection will happen and then they'll come back to more of a center in the if I if, I hope I'm being clear. I that think it's so. like I think so. I just don't think that happens while Trudeau's in office. I mean, here's the thing. This a head archive head librarian was she gets paid a quarter million a year. Okay, and this was actually flagged because her employees, as she said, to instruct all that, the employees expressed... That's my cousin, dude. Well, good for her. She's making a lot of money. And, <laughs> no, it's not my cousin. And they were saying that the only direction we we received from Leslie Weir was to remove offensive content. She's <laughs> her like, name's Leslie Weir. She could be... She could be a relative because that's uh, that's one of my family's names. Well, last name maybe she is, and you should have a talk with her. They said they've already they're still removing everything. They've already removed over seven thousand web pages, even beyond the historical archives. Here's the thing: once it's permanently removed, it's hidden. It'll take another bit of leadership to say, okay, we need to actually like unhide this history because right now, only fascist and totalitarian regimes and countries hide their history. Like you think Russia, of you think course. North Korea, you think China, they hide their history. Well, and no, the U.S. I mean, the if it was up to the right wing of the United States, they want to hide all. They want to just teach in history books that America was always fantastic and not talk about they want to hide things. And so it does happen here. They're trying to make it happen here. And that's why it's good that we have two sides to fight it because otherwise they try to hide anything bad that ever happened so that everyone just thinks America is the greatest and has always been perfect, which it is not. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's perfect at all. And I do think there is no, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I just think this is, they want to hide it from schools. They want to hide what people, what some of our leaders did with regards to slavery. They want to hide, uh, the oppression that some of the people in the the leaders in the U.S. Absolutely. did Absolutely. to others. Yeah, but I think actively deleting history in front of our eyes is not something we see very often, and nobody cares. That's the thing; nobody cares. So that that's where my hopelessness is, and it's it's. You well, know, I hope you, I you give you learn, hope that. I th- yeah, I hope that, there is a correction. I don't think it happens till Trudeau's out, because um, that dude is a fucking clown. But um, yeah, let's hope that somebody can bring back someone that doesn't want to purge history and divide his people the way he has. I'm but. pretty sure Trudeau has to. Oh no, they don't have maximum limits. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he'll be around for about thirty more years. Well, great. Then, then it anyway, can, glad then I don't live in Canada. Sorry for the, our listeners that do. Um, but anyway, let's move on, Aaron. Oh, um, okay. And actually, oh, by the way, the baseball, the baseball tie in for that is that this was a big, big 
uh, I would say ball four. Yeah, I'd say Canada is like the Baltimore Orioles, just a big failure right now. Uh, so, except, but uh, for Canada, I do think the Blue Jays have the best shot at winning the World Series. I think they are I, the single best team right now. They are my AL pick right now. Yes, me too. All yeah. right. All right. Um, all right. Well, we'll get to that. Yes. So now we have a little bit of a crypto watch, which, as you know, if you listen, we talk about crypto finance stuff. We don't know anything about it, but we talk about it because it's fun to pretend. And so you have something to talk about here. I don't understand. Oh, I th- okay. Go for it. So I would say right now, all of us Dogecoin holders, um, we're we're starting to see a bit of an uptake, you know. And I think Doge is uh, up to back up to fourteen and a half cents. Um, and I think that the crypto market is sort of recovering. Um, so I think we're gonna get there. And one thing to note, I don't know, Aaron, if you rem- remember me, it was oh god, a few months ago. Talking about Do you remember Do you me? remember? There was a uh, a metaverse game um that uh hold on. Uh what is the This uh, is the time in our Copeless show where Rohit does research. Fuck, what was the name? I just had it oh my god, Tim, you're gonna have to cut around this. Um Aaron, He's not going to cut around it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, the, it was the... Oh, wait. Here, here. If you give me 10, 9, 8, 7, This six, is Rohit's spring training for the five. regular show. He is prepping to get ready for the topic. By the way, we are both... This is called filler. We are both wearing our baseball hats. I'm wearing my Dodger hat. Rohit is wearing his Orioles hat. Yesterday, I wore my Buffalo Blue Jays shirt, which I'm always proud of because they, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays were briefly the Buffalo Blue Jays because of COVID, which was awesome. And I'm trying to keep filling this. This is a... Uh, oh, yes. I did it. So, I filled it. Yes, you filled enough. it. You filled it. Okay. So if you remember, it's Axie Infinity. This oh, yeah. was okay. the game where people were buying NFTs of these little characters and like little Pokemon. Remember, I was saying like, you know, I was like, we missed the boat on Axie, unfortunately. And, you know, the little characters that you could have bought for a tenth of an Ethereum are selling for like 10 Ethereum, you know? So what happened, though, um, the uh, Sky Mavis, the Vietnamese-based company behind the game, Axie Infinity, revealed that a hacker stole hundreds of millions of dollars worth yes! of crypto from its blockchain. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! This is the best news. We didn't go in to get stolen. Yes! Oh, my goodness. Thank God. This would be so depressing if we had done it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's about 168,000 Ethereum, which is worth over half a billion dollars. And it's stolen. stolen. So that could have been us sitting there thinking that we're just floating in dough, and then it all goes away. Yeah, so... Yes! Yes! I'm so glad it's other people and not us. This is great news. Oh, my God. Yes, there is a Jesus. What what is is your takeaway besides um, 
whew, we, we, we have nearly, we missed a bullet there. Um, or I was, or rather we just got out of the way of the bean ball. Um, what is your reaction to your confidence in the NFT market or anything like that with based on this? I am just so psyched that this isn't <laughs> us. I am so happy. This is great news. This is going to make my week, my month. I, let, see, here's the thing. It's, it's kind of like a walk in baseball. You don't get a hit, so you don't have the stat to say you got a hit. But you still get on base. And I feel like we didn't get the hit. You know, we didn't make money. But we're, we're on base. We're alive. If we had gone in on this, I know you're, you want me to talk about other people, but I really am focusing on us. But if we had gone in on this, we'd be so depressed right now. And instead, we avoided depression. We're on first base. We're still alive. We could score with other things. But by we, sco- scoring, yeah. that's, a, that's a term, a baseball term that's used all the time. Um, yeah, I think. Also yeah. with, uh, with hooking up with, uh, with others, with he, <laughs> she's, they, thems. You uh, score. If you go to first base, you get to second base, you get to third yeah. base, you get to home. Yeah, sort of off topic here. I'm just so happy. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't felt this good in a while. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah. So, I mean, now that, that gives me pause because I know last week we talked about uh, crypto dick butts um, being the NFT we get into. I think I'm going to hit pause on that. I think I'm going to hit pause on investing, you know, multiple Ethereum into any NFTs until I can feel at least they're safe. But I know that that's coming from, you know, a different site. Um, I also yeah. know from some sources that NFTs are going to be everywhere really yeah. soon. I mean, everywhere. Like you open your phone, you go to an app that you love, let's say Instagram. There's going to be NFTs to buy on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook and Twitter. So it's just going to be so much. I don't, it seems like rolling the dice. Yep. Yeah. It could also still, you know, if you're pessimistic, it could be like pet rocks. <laughs> I wonder how much those are going for now. <laughs> a buck? <laughs> yeah. They're well, some, yeah. I feel the the most hope out of crypto that I've felt in a long time. And I think we hit a home run. We hit a home run by not taking a swing. By not taking a swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very meta to keep like all these callbacks coming. That's very meta. Uh-huh. But if you really think about it, it makes sense. It does. It does. So let's move on to our debate. Aaron, you got a good question, huh? Yeah. So, you know, people have New Year's resolutions. Rohit and I are very slow. Yes. And in many ways, in many ways, we never got around to thinking like, what are we hopeful for? What do we want for the new year? Now it's April. And I figured it would be time for us in a debate forum to say what we are actually to get hope, a hopeful debate going. What are you, Rohit, most hopeful for, most excited about in this coming year and why? Okay, well, I think if this is a debate, then we have to determine whose uh, thing is better. Or yes. that we, yes, okay. exactly, exactly. What is the better thing? Well, I would say for me, the best thing that I think could come out of this year, ooh. It's tough, right? Because your mind. This is interesting. This is why I think this is a, a good topic. Our minds as humans instantly go to the negative. Yeah, we yep. only want to think of negative. So this is about actually starting with something positive. 
The best thing. Oh man. Um, I would say, Oh God. Am I, are we speaking from a personal level or from a global level? I don't know. Both. It, okay. Whatever you feel the most. Well, I, th- in- I think, I think we should speak from a global level because that would give us a common point to be able to debate about. Right. Um, I would say the best thing that can come in this year for everybody, people at large, I think Oh my god. It's it and this is part of the the study of this question. We are so trained too. We turn on the news, we turn on the radio, we listen to podcasts. Usually it's not talking about Oh, here's the great things that are happening today. Almost never. Our society is trained to think of the negative and to focus on the negative. This is why we're the Hopeless Show. We bring hope to you. And right now, Rowett's having trouble thinking of literally one hopeful thing for this new year. One. I would say maybe the hopeful thing for this new year is actually going to be political chaos that... (laughs) throws everybody for this like it's just just upends the political system and then as the dust settles we maybe get uh some strength in a third party uh political party all right that's great i am gonna go in a different direction i believe things will start to settle And by that, I mean, we have had roughly five and a half years, six years of Trump leading into COVID. And whether you're a Trump supporter or not, no one can deny that he divided stuff, that he made it so that if you love him, it's like, well, think about it. If you love Trump, you definitely hate the other side now and vice versa. Yep. If you hate Trump, I mean, if you're the other side, you hate Trump and all his supporters you think are batshit crazy for supporting him. So there's division no matter what, whatever side you're on. In my life, before that, the division wasn't to this extreme. Then we went right from Trump and in the middle of Trump to COVID. And that caused even more division for reasons that are still beyond me that a uh, pandemic became a divisive topic but we went into that so now COVID, trump right now isn't in office covid is we're on the the back side of you know we're at least over the hump people it's sort of covid's jumped the shark i think where people are just sick of it and i think there is going to be some calm people will still be mad at one another and but I think that's even jumped the shark a little. It's it's still not like I find myself if I'm talking to someone about one of these topics to just not go there anymore. I just don't care. I don't want to focus on that anymore. I'd rather focus on anything but that. And so but those topics, I just don't want to do it anymore. OK. And so my hope is that we are going to move a little past that. That hatred will still be there, all that animosity, but we can we will and can move at least to a slightly better place with regard to all of this. 
Okay, so actually it's funny. It seems like our hopes are diametrically opposed in some way. Yeah. Um, but possibly they might have a similar end point. Um, whereas you are like, listen, there's a lot of hate, a lot of division. Maybe we can just take a few steps, breathe, and that your hope is that maybe we will all hate each other a little bit less. Or and stop ourselves and not focus on the hatred and negativity and focus on the other things more. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's reasonable, and I think that's commendable. I wonder, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get there. I guess I'm kind of an accelerationist at times, meaning that you try and push for the worst possible outcome so to get it over with, because you know it's inevitable. You push to accelerate towards an inevitable destruction so you can start rebuilding faster. And yeah. So, but you also, I think, go, what is it called when you go to the worst possible outcome so that then either you're right and you're like, see, I told you so that the that World War Three was going to happen or you're wrong. And it's like, oh, well, that's good. At least that didn't happen. Yeah, that like prediction I'm, didn't happen. I'm an optimistic pessimist. There you go. <laughs> like like World War Three, you were sure this was the end right now. Yeah, and I'm and happy that yeah, I'm happy that it hasn't. So it's like always set your expectations absolutely low for everything in life, and you will never be disappointed. Um, so I have very low expectations of our elected officials, of our electorate themselves. Um, so I think that I think that your goal. It's something that we've been trying to achieve forever. And I don't know if it can be achieved without complete destruction. Like just destruction. I'm not talking about achieving so that everyone agrees. That's not going to happen. I'm talking about people are sick of hating one another because of this stuff that didn't used to exist. Like before the Trump era and then the COVID era. I wasn't walking around saying like, oh, wait, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. Oh, wait, you are for masks and not for masks or for you get the flu vaccine or you don't get the flu vaccine. I didn't give a shit. It was just like, do I like you as a person and do I enjoy you? We, we're not going to no one agrees on everything. Yep. But then it became this is the central thing. These are the central things that people either agree or disagree on and either like someone or don't like someone because of. And I think we're going to get away from that. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know how because I don't have any fundamental belief that anybody's actually trying to unite anybody. Um, turn off your turn off. I challenge this to everyone, including you. When you start reading a, but you're not going to do this, so not you, is every time you see a negative topic, something that's trying to steer you one way, it could be on a news site, it could be on a Reddit forum, <coughs> Reddit forum, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just had a Rohit cough, and uh, anytime that happens, think, how does this affect me, does it affect me at all right now, and is it better if I turn this thought off and go along with my day without fixating on that? Try it because I think it makes us all a little healthier. Well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to jump onto that. Maybe we will have somebody out there that will be 
actually trying to unite people and will give people the, the thinking, the thought process to at least, or the encouragement to not just jump to us versus them. Maybe there will be somebody that actually has a, an impact that isn't silenced. So, and here's, here's what, where it comes back to baseball. And I've said this analogy forever that it became Yankees versus Red Sox with everyone, with everything. Yep. So it didn't even matter what the thing was. It's just, you were told like someone signs with the Yankees and they're a terrible, they're a domestic abuser or whatever they are. You're going to love them because they're a Yankee and you're a Red Sox. You're going to hate them for obvious reasons and vice versa. You're just told no matter what, you're going to like this person in this team. And that's fine with a team sport to love your team. It's not fine when it comes to basic human daily goals and values. <clears throat> we yeah. should have our own thought process and dissect that based on what one side might be doing or another side might be doing. But what are we doing? What are we as the person doing? Maybe what are we as we the need- citizen doing? I think you're right, Aaron. And I can agree. So I, I will give you this one. I will go to your side for the, the debate. I will agree with you. Um, and maybe the solution is just hopefully Twitter gets erased from the internet um, and that could solve everything. That so. wouldn't be bad. No, that wouldn't be bad. bad. That would be the best thing to ever happen. Um, And I love Twitter. But anyway, let's move on. How do you feel about talking some sports? Oh, yeah. Yes. So we got a couple topics here. Um, And I'm going to flip the order that we have on our sheet. But for the audience out there and maybe some new listeners, I was finally, Aaron and I are finally able to play in a fantasy baseball league together. I know we've talked about it. We tried it in the past. And... Aaron has recently joined my long, you know, decade plus standing fantasy baseball keeper league. Um, that is with a bunch of people from, you know, a lot from the advertising industry, some other from like, you know, Aaron's from the film industry. There's some really you know interesting people in there and it's very competitive. I've won the league once, but that was a decade ago and I've been just mediocre ever since for the past 10 years. And I was able to bring in uh, Aaron and another friend named Brian um, and now I think I'm scared. I think here's my hopelessness is like, I might be worse in the standings um, okay. because I feel like my baseball knowledge is not as sharp as it was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, and it's a really hard league, but I want to welcome you at the same time. Mm. Crap. I am going to accept you're welcoming. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for welcoming Team Genius to the league. That is my team what a name. name. What a name. Team Genius. Uh, I accept. I am honored to be a part of the league. It has already been a joy. And I really can't wait to see what happens. We already have a wager, Rohit and I, who will finish higher in the standings. And something. the other person has to do something bad because of if they lose to the, so Roe would have to do something if I finish higher and vice yes, versa. Yes. Um, I, it, well, here's hope for you before I ask you a big question. Yes. Is I believe these last couple of years, at least for me, um, with all that's been going on with what we just talked about with the debate, um, COVID political turmoil, world turmoil. It's been harder to fully invest in sports. And I know less about all the sports than I did in 2019, 2018. Mm -hmm. And 
now with like baseball season, I feel I'm now knowing more about baseball than I have in a few years. You know, we follow our teams, we know about them, but I I feel this year I've I'm knowing the most and I'm like clicking on scores and already and excited the most about this next era of baseball and just sports in general. I know more and I think you know more. I think you're looking more and reading more about it because there's less of the all, all the bullshit distraction so yeah. we can focus on a little bit of the fun and the things we enjoy. And you know what? I was just thinking about this. Baseball, how can you not be romantic about baseball? For those of you non-baseball fans out there, those of you who are baseball fans, just think about like even going out of the minor leagues, how they have the crazy uniforms, the funny dances, the silly team names. You know, I have like a lot of really funny you know, minor league team name hats. I've, you know, I got one team that's a trash pandas, great hat. Um, it's a real team name. I think from Reno, but like you have this culture of baseball where it's, I think it is a far more fun, loving game. It's the people's game. It's, it's more than the NFL or the NBA. NBA is, I think a lot about NBA is like reality TV. NFL is, is just like beautiful violence. And I think baseball is Americana. Baseball is togetherness. It's feeling good. It's where you have literally every walk of life in attendance, sitting there for three hours, watching a game together, cheering. And it's even like it's outdoors. You're chilling. It's a summertime. It is just something that, and it's on almost every day. And there's just something that is just this constant of baseball. And as long as we have baseball, I think we have a scent of what's best about this country and Mm. i how can you not love baseball what a great speech i agree it's it's really the it's anyone who says baseball is slow or boring i challenge that person to look within themselves because to me it's a it's a poetic game it's a game where you watch it it's a little more of a thinking man's game where you there's a lot of strategy going on that you're not seeing it's not the uh it's not the like flashing lights it's not like going to a um what's a good example it's it's a movie it's not a a music video and so it takes time but by the end the reward is so much more and you're learning about the players and the people and you know their backstories you know more about who these people are what they're doing what they're about why they're and then how they play the game you see different strategies how it's all going about it's not like in your face action all the time it's more of this suspense movie it's like this great long suspense movie and you just don't know where the suspense is leading. Two on, two out, bottom of the ninth. And you have a batter up who's been struggling. Can he get that hit? Can he? Oh, strike one. Oh my gosh, he's going to screw up. There's no way he's going to hit it. Oh, strike two. A curveball low and he whiffs. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's a ball down. Oh my gosh, he bloops it over the second baseman's head. The runner is heading home. They tie the game. Like, that is baseball there's suspense in it there's it is it's beautiful and you know what though i do think 
part of the long stretches of boredom are kind of beautiful in a sense because they're like calming. They're like white noise. If you have it on in the background and then you hear the announcers oh, and we got the run around third. And so it's like, oh my God, you just turn to the TV and it's like, oh wow, that was a bit of dopamine. Now, cool. Now I'm going to get back to what I had going. You know, even if you're not actively watching the game, it's just beautiful to have on and it's great and it's amazing and I'm happy. Me too. Actually, like this is one of my most hopeful things about the year is to really enjoy a season. Go to some ball games. Yeah. Chill. Hopefully uh, we go to San Diego. Like, yeah, we will. I know we will because that was a really fun time. Sadly, we can't go to Anaheim when the Angels are playing the Orioles. And my new friend, who's a pitcher for the, oh, yeah. know, the Orioles system, he said he'd get his tickets and hook it up and hang out. But I'm going to be on a golf trip at that time on the East Coast, Atlantic City. So sadly, cannot make that happen. You'll be gambling. Um, so, yeah. uh, but here's my question for you before we move on. Here is my question for you. Because I don't know... There's so many different fantasy rules. If you don't play fantasy sports, there are so many different rules. There are so many different ways you can play a league, especially baseball. There's tons of different ways in which you can structure a league. And so I've never played a league like Rohit's league is structured, not even close. So my question to you, Rohit, is how did I do? I think that your team is so balanced and I think you did a really good job when drafting. Because, guys, this is a keeper league, which means sometimes you'll draft young players ahead of when they would usually get drafted. And if I had a bad have, team. I started out with the worst Yes, team. generally, Yeah, and generally the expansion teams that are taking over for older teams, they kind of are not inheriting the earth, you know, more the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what you did, you found some really solid keepers, <laughs> but I think your draft was so balanced and you picked – you didn't get sucked into drafting too many unknowns in hopes of any future keeper. Cause yeah, it's always about winning this year and having four keepers out of your 23 player team is just a bonus. It's a bonus going to the season. And I think that you didn't get distracted by that. And I think like you do have some players that could be keepers that you could <coughs> draft, but like, I think that you really tried to build a team that would win this year. And then, cause most <clears throat> keepers, most the best keepers are picked up through the season, not through the draft. So, um, I think I'm, I think you should be happy with your team, um, and I think that you sniped me on a few picks, which I was very annoyed by, because um, oh, we were excellent. picking back to back. We were, uh, and so that was frustrating. But I think I did the same to you. Uh, yeah, a couple times. Yeah. So uh, I don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we move on, Aaron and I play against each other the week of. Do you remember loading it up? Because I think we're going to talk about it on the show. We're going to, you know, it's going to be hotly contested. Oh, yeah. Um, and as we all know, I'm generally, you know, a fantasy sports god. Um, oh, but god, which is league. painful. Yeah. So Aaron and I, we will play each other week five. So that is going to be sometime in June. Um, yeah. You guys will hear all about it. No, it'll be in um, May. Oh, May. Perfect. Great. Oh, ima- so, imagine if it's the week of the that festival. Oh, my God. If it's the week of the festival, that would be crazy. Um, so, yeah, I would say then let's look forward to that. And actually, the exact date is going to be the week of May 9th. Monday. Oh, okay, so even sooner. Better. Yeah. So really quick, I know we're running out of time. I just want to quickly bring something up to you because I feel quickly hopeless, like I'll make this super fast. But a mother of a boy uh, who is hit by a thrown baseball at a Los Angeles uh, Angels game. Um, 
said the, the six-year-old boy suffered a fractured skull and brain damage when he was actually hit by a baseball thrown by an Angels player in 2019. The mother is suing the team, and she's trying to sue Major League Baseball, saying that teams should not be tossing balls around because, or they should warn players, or they should even put up nets across the entire field because this was just a, they're warming up and the ball got away um, and, it hit, and it hit someone in the stands. Um, so... You know, we've seen people playing the die, die in the past and everything like that, but from like line drives. But in the same, I, I so the mother is pretty much trying to change rules. In Major League Baseball, so have all ballparks have huge nets, and players aren't warming up anywhere near fans. Um, and I'm hopeless because shut up, mom. This was a freak accident. This is going to lead into our next topic too, because don't go, mom. If you are so. If, if you were so worried, it's called baseball. The, the sport is called baseball. There is a ball. They're playing with that ball on the field. The ball, if you know anything about baseball, even if you don't know anything about baseball, you know that the ball can be hit fair or foul, right? I think anyone knows that. And so if the ball goes foul and you're at a game, it could come close to you. And yeah, you could get hit. It's probably more likely that you'll get struck by lightning at some point in your life than get brain damage from a baseball. And I, that's terrible if that actually did happen. It also sounds like maybe she's fibbing a little, but let's say she isn't. And it's true. I don't know what to say. Things happen like it's life. It don't go to a game. Don't do anything. Just live your entire life. Mom that I don't know your name, live your entire life, sit in your house, and put up brick walls around it and then watch an earthquake will break the house like there's just no way to fully always be completely safe in life you just do your best and if something shitty happens i've i had that in my life i'm, I'm not going to get into it quite yet but i had that in my life uh a little while ago and mm-hmm. something happened completely out of my control that um changed some of my life and it happens I just like to, it just seems like I don't I, I think people go so extreme not I'm not discounting what happened to her it just it just happened you don't it's not like yeah. go for a lawsuit and try to change the game it happened it sucks there's sometimes, sometimes in, life, in life sucks you know, exactly it's an act of god and you can't control or try and change the world to prevent it from happening again yeah so and so my hope is everyone who isn't this family keep living your life things might happen but keep living and enjoy the things you enjoy. Amen. Let's move on. So this topic, uh, we could go on forever about it, but we have a bunch to get to and not that much time left. And uh, is this whole Disney princesses, princes and princesses thing. So Disney is getting rid of saying li- uh, boys and girls, which mm-hmm. I think is extreme. Uh, I think it is unnecessary. I think that if we want to play to every single type of person in our society at all times, we will be constantly failing as a society. And most people are boys or girls. Some decide to change. Some decide they like boys. Some decide they like girls. Some decide they want to not be associated as a gender. 
but we are a society that tries to appeal to the most possible people. Boys and girls is something that I grew up with. Disneyland, you say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, and I don't think it should change. And now they're saying that they might get rid of princes and princesses because that then offends some people. So I want to use a personal example, Rohit, and then try to give me hope. I am a Jewish guy. I have lived my whole life being slightly on the outside and feeling like an outsider when it comes to when it comes to talking. No, when it comes to Easter and especially Christmas. Mm -hmm. So many things in our society are built around Christmas. From Christmas decorations to Santa Claus to uh, the uh, nativity scene and to calling things Christmas celebrations. It's Christmas time. I mean, everything is Christmas related. I'm Jewish. I have felt like an outsider at that time most of my life, all my life. Uh, I also do not ever want society to change so that there's not Christmas celebrations. And so most people in our country who celebrate Christmas don't get to celebrate Christmas, don't get to go to Disneyland and have Santa Claus come down uh, the street. You know, I don't expect that and I don't want that. Just because I'm one of the in, the, in the massive minority, doesn't mean that I think all of society should bow down to my, my, my status as a minority in that situation. And so with other things like this, I don't think society should do that either. And we should evolve as a society. We shouldn't go to extremes. And that might not be popular with some of our listeners, but that's what I feel. And I feel a bit hopeless that we're further and further going in that direction. And I only it's, use my personal example because it shows that I also I, I what is it when you uh, I'm uh, putting my my own self where my mouth is. I'm not just talking to talk. Right, and I I and I respect that, dude. I'm not even Christian, but dude, Christmas is lit. I love yeah. it. I love the music. I love the decoration. I love how warm and friendly everybody is. And if someone was to wish me happy Hanukkah, I'd be like, sweet, thank you. You know, like it would be amazing. And I think like what. We are where the world is going now, especially the United States, is we are going into a phase or we are in a phase of militarized, weaponized sensitivity where where the idea of intention is completely ignored. And the idea that, you know, I don't think boys and girls are offensive. I don't think woman or man is offensive. I don't think it's it's but there are some people that are offended by it. But here's the thing. People that are offended by well-intentioned, good intentions, those people that are offended are the ones that need to probably see a therapist. They're the ones that need to work out their own issues, not have the world change to revolve around their sensitivities. And I agree exactly. that we should be sensitive. We should be sensitive. We should be nice. But forcing people to remove parts of their culture, remove, change language, remove things because someone somewhere may possibly be offended. Then that person who would get offended probably has a lot more going on and that they probably need to work out some issues. We don't need to bend the world to people that have trouble processing things. We need to make sure we're inclusive of them. And so I'm all about inclusivity. I know you are too, but I think changing everything that we're doing, like, 
is just to accommodate a very small percentage of population. A very small percentage of that very small percentage are the ones who are actually get offended. And a lot of times it's other people getting offended on their behalf. Like the people that keep taking brown people out of shows, um, you know, like, or Indian people, like Apu was removed. A bunch of like, it was, you know, an Indian comedian that brought it up. It was a bunch of white people that made decision, the decision to remove Apu from The Simpsons. I love Apu because that's the only fucking brown representation I had on TV growing up. And hmm. the only one. And he was wiped clean, killed, never be able to brought back. And because, oh, it might offend some Indians. You know, it's, it's, we are at a very gross, awful part of our culture. Um, and it's, it's sad, but I think the hope I have is this is maybe this is accelerationism going back to a previous topic. Maybe we are, we are plummeting so far towards the bottom, towards the nadir that sooner or later we are going to, rise back up and get to a place of normalcy. And the Overton window has shifted a little bit, but at least the new normal would be more inclusive. But we're, I think all the people that are pushing for changing words and changing language and banning language, banning this, banning that, they will be banned themselves. Um, or all right. be silenced. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to hope gong it. I feel, I feel, I feel that. I hope that that happens. And so thank you for that beautiful, uh, those words. Thank you, Rowett. You just did a My home, pleasure. you just did a home run. I did a baseball. You did a baseball. So yeah. let's uh, we're we're running out of time, and we have a couple cool things I think you'll like. So let's get to the um, the hopeless TV. But that was a good topic, by the way. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. I and we'll we'll get to it more because I I do think yeah. it's it's not it's a topic that's not done. We talk about that stuff a lot. Now we're just seeing yeah. some of this stuff actually be put into action, and I think it's uh, if I was offended every single time someone wished me a Merry Christmas in my life, I would be in argument with people every day from November to January, uh, every <laughs> single day. <laughs> yeah, and as two non-Christians, Aaron and I, I think we have a lot of fun at Christmas time. So totally. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, anyway, continue. Sorry, Aaron. So Hopeless TV. So there's two quick ones. The first is, have you heard of the movie The Bubble? I have not. It's a Judd Apatow movie that, I, that was made during COVID. And is sort of a satire on COVID. There's a movie being made, but everyone's in COVID, and the jokes are about like, you know, that like there's one where Karen Gillian is one. I think that's her name. The one of the actresses. She goes to the set of this sequel that they're making for some stupid action movie, and she has to go quarantine for two weeks. And there's like a joke about that. I watched about 20 minutes of this movie. I really like Judd Apatow and a lot of his stuff is hilarious. Yeah. But in this case, I felt totally hopeless because I realized that COVID comedy, joking about COVID and COVID comedy, COVID satire is just not enjoyable. I don't want to relive that. I don't want to go there. And I just felt hopeless watching this. Like, wow, I cannot get through this movie. It is just pain. I don't want to live. I don't want to live that again. I don't want to joke about it. It's not funny. It's just you annoying. You are spot on. And I can't say it on air. Sorry, listeners. But Aaron, after this or sometime, we get to tell you about a certain um, major uh, television slash film production that had to change their entire story, um, rewrite and reshoot a lot of their story because they said by the time it came out... Um, and I worked on it a little bit. By the time it came out, uh, people would be tired of it, and they wouldn't. And it would just so they actually like they pushed back the launch of the show a little bit. 
Oh, really? I can't say here. Yeah, but it, it's it's really fascinating. And I have like the old scripts and then the newer scripts. I was like, oh, I see. All um, right, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll reveal we'll it on the show air. sometime at some point. Yeah, that sadly can never happen. Um, but I can tell you uh, on the side. Um, it's not friends. It is not friends. And then we have one other topic. So I'm curious to hear that, and I'm glad you agree. And I feel some hope there because. Uh, yes. And then. The second bit of hope, uh, of hopelessness, is the show Severance. We've talked about the show a lot. Rohit works on the show. Um, he does a lot of the the stuff that you'll see online, um, mm-hmm. the content. And so my hopelessness for the show, and I really need hope from this, is I think I've watched four or five episodes, and yeah. I just have had, I love the concept, but I've really had trouble connecting to the characters. So I haven't yeah. gone in and watched more. And I'm going to, it's your show. But if I, if, if it wasn't for you, I don't know if I'd continue because I just haven't connected to the characters. So can you give me hope? I can give you hope. Um, one, from a narrative perspective, um, in the first, you know, I'd say three, four episodes just set up the world. They they do they they set up the world building they set up some of the the situational stakes, right? Yes. And then I think as especially because right now Adam Scott has kind of been at the forefront of that character exploration. You see him because you're the one you see his both his Indian and his Audi. However, for some of the other characters, Helly, Dylan, Irv, you're actually going to learn a bit more. Um, okay. And I th- and I think. The, this the show is meant to be. A, is Irv John Turturro? Irv is John Turturro. Oh, I love yes. him. He's a, he's, he's like the best actor. He's so good. And him he's being so British, good. him being British is funny. Or Wait, he's not British. Or what is he? He has some accent. Oh yeah, he's yeah he he loses his whole like New York accent, and he's very kind. And he's I think he's kind of northeastern. Northeastern. You know, All right, got, whatever. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. British, but whatever yeah, it is, it's, it's not his accent. It is absolutely not his accent. Uh, you're absolutely correct on that. And so, you know, Zach Cherry plays Dylan, Britt Lauer plays Heli, and then John Turturro plays Irving B. Um, you're going to find out more about them. But I think the show itself is a slow burn. It's not a show that you can watch like while on the phone, which some shows you can. You know, it's like you kind of got to be like zoned in. Uh, but it was the number one trending topic for the finale last night. Really? On all of Twitter. All of Twitter unlogged in. Number one trending topic. Oh, I have Um, to watch it now. And the critics, Vanity Fair just wrote about it. Vanity Fair just linked on the first sentence of the big Vanity Fair article about the show. They linked to the Lumen page. uh, The Lumen, which is the company in there, they linked to the LinkedIn page, which I created. Yes. um, Which is the first ever fake company ever on LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) And so that wasn't their first sentence that they linked to it. Uh, So there was, uh, I think a lot of there's been a lot of press people are calling it one of the best shows in a decade so i would stick with it it's a slow burn but it is it the when you get to the finale your your heart is in your throat for 44 minutes and you're just like what the fuck? it's just like the most i'm still having anxiety and i've seen the finale three times oh my you know, god once i last cannot night, wait to watch and then, this and then twice in the past year leading up to it um, because obviously you know we get we have to have access to all the episodes and everything in advance so we can make all the content um but yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reporting back. I cannot. But, you just got me hyped. Thank you. Amazing. I cannot wait. And uh, we'll all report back. And so we're going to have to, we're running out of time today. So we're going to get to Hope in 60 and a few of the other things next week. 
but we I want to uh, cover our submission because we we are our fans are important and uh, we have a fan Blake in Los Angeles who uh, who s- sent an amazing submission because if you're a listener um, a, a, a rabid listener you know that last week I told a story about Tyrese Gibson the actor um, and how he fell f- he thought when I had a interaction with him in a conversation, he fell for, he thought Paranormal Activity, the movie, was real. And those weren't actors, and it was a real thing that actually happened. So, Blake wrote, Tyrese is the most gullible person ever. And a link, and he sent a link, and I really appreciate this link, because I wouldn't have known this. Uh-huh. Tyrese, there, uh, the movie Morbius came just came out. And Morbius was the number one movie, it's a Marvel thing with Jared Leto. And I think Tyrese is in it too. Um, and he, here's what would happen. And this actually is hope fulfilled as well. It's like everything wrapped into one. Tyrese Gibson has apparently been duped by a fake Martin Scorsese quote on the movie Morbius. Gibson is an FBI agent in the film. And, uh, we, and it's so far, but he's so far been judged very harshly by critics. A joke playing off Scorsese's now infamous opinion of Marvel movies has apparently fooled Gibson, though. Uh, reading, read Scorsese's fake quote. I was aghast to find out it was based on a comic book. This is the truest height of cinema, and even I cannot top it. A wise man admits when he is wrong, and I was wrong. I apologize to all comic book movies. And the words are accompanied by a, again, fake picture of the legendary director at a Morbius screening. And then Tyrese wrote back, wow, 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 I can't believe what just happened. Whoa. Gibson captioned, cheers and hats off to you, director Daniel Espinoza. This is so amazing, King. This is the king of kings of cinema, Martin Scorsese. This is huge. And all of that was completely fake. So Tyrese oh. fell for the fact that Martin Scorsese thought that this movie, which is has 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, was the best movie in cinematic history. And <laughs> it gave me a lot of hope. It's a great submission because... I was in awe of this, I don't know, 10-minute conversation about how he was convinced that paranormal activity was real. And he actually thought Martin Scorsese thought Morbius was the best movie ever. And I think it's hilarious. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Tyrese, dude. So on that note, uh, we have to wrap up the show. But isn't that great? That is absolutely fantastic. And Tyrese, if you're listening out there, which I'm sure you are, yeah, um, you know, hit up Aaron and I. We'll we'll talk about just sort of like, you know, checking sources and just you know, reading through media with a with a critical lens. Um, and I want to know if you still get... think that Paranormal Activity was real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's don't get me wrong. We've all fall for fallen for something fake, but um, I really, really hope um, you know we wish you well, Tyrese, um, in your journey to figure out the world. But right there with that, you struck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baseball reference. So we've got to go until next week. I am Aaron Wolf, and Rohit's supposed to chime in now. Yeah, and I'm Rohit. 
<laughs> and you, I think, know where to follow us on social. Yeah. So hit yeah. us up. And uh, until next week, we are uh, out of here. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul. With Aaron and